Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Haley Fickett is a professional truck driver with Chris Way Truck Leasing in Garland, Maine. In 2022, she won first place in the tanker class at the Maine Truck Driving Championship and became the first female in the state of Maine to ever take first place in any class, as well as the youngest female in the nation to ever compete in the National Truck Driving Championship. Her mission is to encourage women in trucking and other male-dominated industries through her social media channels, where her handle is The Daily with Haley. Welcome to the Hazard Girls podcast, Haley. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it's so cool to talk to a professional driver. I've interviewed uh, a couple of women in trucking on the show, more um, in the office type roles, office environments. And I've interviewed um, a race car driver recently, Ashton Thompson. So it'll be you know, really interesting to hear your perspective on your job. And I think there are probably a lot of questions our listeners are thinking. So I'm gonna do my best to figure out what they'd like to hear from you, but you feel free to pipe in along the way. Let's t- talk about your story first. Now you are only 25 and I only mentioned your age because you talked about it when you said you were the youngest female in the nation to ever compete in the National Truck Driving Championship. Yes. Right, okay, so you're only 25. So how old were you when you started? So you've been doing this for how long? Um, well, I first obtained a CDL license at the age of 16. I got a class B. And then at the age of 17, I got my class A license. So I like to say I've been doing this my whole life. Yeah. Um, it did take a few years to really get um, a job because of the age problem. Most mm-hmm. companies don't want to insure or take somebody on at that young of an age. So I mostly did farm work where I was able to still drive dump trucks and, and hay trucks and that sort of thing um, without having to worry so much about being out on the road, you know, so mm-hmm. that helped along the way until I finally got my first quote unquote real job at um, 20 years old. So you got your class B at 16 and for those not in the industry, class B are the smaller vehicles. Do you want to explain it? Um, class B is basically like straight trucks, box trucks, dump trucks, those sorts of things. And then the class A is, I like to say anything that bends in the middle. Um, <laughs> it's tractor trailers or dump trucks with trailers and those sorts of things. So when you first got your class B, you were 16. And, you know, those are, yeah, they're the, they might be a little bit smaller than the ones that bend in the middle, but they're pretty big. So how, yeah. how was that at first? Um, it was very intimidating in a lot of ways to go into because um, I was, I was very lucky to be in the state that I'm in because the state of Maine still offers high school programs. And so I was able to go obtain my CDL for free in high school, which is why I got it at such a young age. Um, but it was definitely intimidating to walk into that classroom because the year I went, there was me and there was one other girl and her and I ended up being in opposite classes for most of the year. So it was pretty much, you were the only girl in the classroom. Um, I did have a female teacher and that was really cool. Um, that was a really awesome experience, but it was definitely intimidating to try and 
feel like you had to keep up with the boys and, and I felt like I was under a lot of pressure if I had failed my my test and that sort of thing like it was definitely kind of daunting at that age you know to be in a high school setting and feeling like you are kind of on your own in a big group yeah unfair that you have to feel like you have to represent all women with your yeah it, it does make you feel like you have a bit heavier of a weight <laughs> on your shoulders you know um but I think I did a pretty good job of representing women in general Maybe I'm I think so. <laughs> I would say so, especially with the, the contests, which I want to hear more about. Um, okay, so you so you got that when you were 16 and you said you were doing farm work. What were you, what kind of vehicles were you driving? I worked on a dairy farm, I actually worked on a couple of different dairy farms. So I mostly was driving hay trucks and tractors, you know, out in the field, but it was just something to be in the bigger equipment to help kind of make my skills a little bit more fine-tuned while I was waiting for. The opportunity to find a company that would hire me. So when, when you turned 18, is that a, the, the point, or you said 17, that's the point that you were able to get what you called a real job? No, 17 is when I got my class A. Um, awesome. What I, what I said, real job, um, <laughs> that it took me until 20. Okay. Yeah. That was when I was able to get a job with the main department of transportation and then start driving plow trucks. So you so. started, you got your first job with the main department of transportation? Yes. Yeah. And that was on the highways in the wintertime plowing snow? Yes, I did both secondary roads and then I worked my way up into highways. That was a pretty wild adventure um, to be out plowing with multiple plows on the highway when you can't see the lines or anything, you know? Yeah, talk about that. So did you go out in the middle of a storm? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We, um, we'd plow from start to finish on a lot of storms and you'd get a few naps in between, you know? But from whenever it started snowing to whenever it ended snowing, we were out there trying to keep up with it as best we could. And uh, that was a really, that was a really intense job. And I had a bit of a love-hate relationship with it, I would say. It was so exhausting, but it's so exhilarating at the same time, especially at that age. Like I was 20 years old and this was my first like real job. I don't know how else to say that, but it was like a big step for me trying to work my way into the industry more. And um, it was, it was very exciting to be out there in, in the cold and the wind and the snow and just going like all night long, trying to keep the roads clean. You know, it was a very like exhilarating experience, but it was also so exhausting that I can't, I just can't imagine doing it long-term. I have a lot of respect for people that do that for years because it's intense. Is it mostly younger people doing that job? I'm just curious. I honestly, I think there was probably more older people than there was younger at the time, but um, they're getting more younger folks in because a lot of places like the main department of transportation are getting, giving people the opportunity to get their CDL mm -hmm. by working for them. Mm -hmm. um, so that was starting to pull in some more younger people because they didn't have, I would say like an abundance of them. And I imagine that paid pretty well for being. Um, yeah. For my age, it was definitely decent pay. Yeah. And with, I mean, we're talking about, we're not talking about New Jersey. This is Maine. So there's a lot of snow. It starts early. It goes late. How, yeah. Were you doing this practically the whole year? I did one entire season. Yeah. Which was, which was how many months? Um, well, I worked for them for a total of, I want to say eight or nine months, yeah. but um, yeah, it, the snow was probably about six, probably six months worth of active snowstorms. Yeah. My craziest snowstorm was snow was coming down at 2.6 inches per hour, I think it was. And it was just coming down so much that we could not keep the roads clean. And it was just stacking up faster than we could do a full cycle of our route. And it was just crazy. Could Are not. You alone? 
in the truck? Are you alone in the plow? Yeah. Yeah. And what, what did your parents think about this? <laughs> um, it was very on par for me. Uh-huh. You know, it's just kind of how, who I am and everybody I know kind of knows that I'm just, I'm a go-getter like that. I mean, I went yeah. from, from driving plow truck right into hauling gasoline. So I've yeah. definitely got a little bit on the wilder side of the industry. Um, yeah. So you got your hazmat, so you got your class A, you were doing the plows and then you got your hazmat? Yes. Um, you have to be the, over the age of 21 to obtain a hazmat license or endorsement rather. Mm-hmm. Um, that's federal regulations. So I wasn't able to obtain that up until that point, but I was very, very lucky to have a chance to do a ride along at the RH Foster Energy Company that I worked for for years. Um, And they actually hired me a few weeks before I turned 21 and they started training me while I obtained my hazmat endorsement, which was such an amazing opportunity. Um, So like the moment I had a hazmat endorsement on my license, I was out there starting to drive the hazmat loads. That is a great opportunity. Tell us what for those who don't know, what is hazmat? Okay, so hazmat is a haz- hazardous material endorsement, which is basically anything that is considered hazardous. So I'm only really familiar with the fuel industry side of it, but there's all kinds of other hazardous materials which you have to study for in order to pass the test to get that endorsement. So you have to understand different corrosive materials and chemicals and things like that. Um, but as far as me, I, I primarily just worked with like gasoline and diesel and heating oil and those sorts of things. Cause I did fuel delivery. Mm-hmm. And was this job a lot easier than snow, pl- snow plow job? That's a hard question to answer. Yes <laughs> and no. Um, in one way, it wasn't quite so like, like it's not as crazy long hours when there's a snowstorm, not quite as intense that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely very precise work. Um, like there is no minor mistake in the fuel industry. And a lot of mistakes are very simple things to mess up. Um, so it was very mentally um, engaging in that manner. It's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, having to make sure you're getting your math right and you're, you're making sure your tank that you're delivering into can hold the product and making sure that you're being extra cautious with your driving because you are rolling around in something that's so much more dangerous if you're involved in any kind of accident whatsoever. Um, so it, it's just two different things, but um, I would say pros and cons to both, you know? Yeah. So I, I asked Ashton, the, the race car driver, I asked if she likes danger. I think I asked her that. <laughs> but um, I mean, how do you, what's your relationship with danger? I think that life is a risk-taking adventure and everybody has to choose which calculated risks they are most okay with taking because there are some things that really bother me to take a risk at like there are some things that really don't feel like they're as dangerous as other things that I do but I'm just not comfortable with them so um I think everybody has their own level of what what doesn't seem that bad or that dangerous to do you know and um I like I like interesting exciting things um I like to feel like I'm challenged but you know I also have some things that that I, I feel more and less comfortable with, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. I was talking to my husband about, we, we live in the city and I was talking to him about, about biking in the city. And there are people that say it's a death wish to bike in the city. There are people, and he's like, well, there are people that say it's a death wish to live in the city. <laughs> so yeah. it, it really just depends, you know, what. And it also depends on your personal experience, I think mm-hmm. too, because my husband and I used to ride motorcycle a lot and I would ride on the back of his bike. And we had a close call with a deer 
Hmm. Uh, that made me a lot less comfortable with motorcycles in general, because it's one of those things where something you have very little to no control over, like a deer running out in front of you can take the level of danger and just put it up through the roof so fast um, mm -hmm. that that was something that I'm like, wow, I don't like this level of risk. I'm not super comfortable with it. Um, and yet at the same time I go to, I was going to work the next morning, you know, carrying around 10,000 gallons of gasoline on the back of my truck, because right. that, was, that felt like a calculated risk I was comfortable with, you know, I don't yes. know if there's a rhyme or reason to it, but yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting balance that we all manage. Yeah. Our within our own minds. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about the competitions you did because I did not realize that these competitions existed. So tell us, um, first of all, let's, well, let's start with the one that you did in Maine. You're from the state of Maine. You grew up there? Yes. Okay, so you, you, there's this, the Maine Truck Driving Championship. What is it? What's it all about? So the Truck Driving Championships is basically a nationwide event um, split into two parts where you have your state event. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't think all 50 states competed last year they had some that didn't have enough people sign up but they usually have pretty much every state compete mm -hmm. um so every state does their their competition earlier in the year Maine usually has theirs in May um and it's a three-part competition there is a written test portion which is based off of all the regulations in the industry and really really force the, the competitors to study those regulations and understand things on a whole new level it was a very um intricate test a little bit more than I was anticipating when I first signed up, to be honest. Um, and then the second part is a pre-trip inspection where they have a truck where they basically try to um, fake issues with it. And you'd go through your normal pre-trip inspection that you're supposed to be doing on your truck every morning before you leave the yard. And you mm -hmm. go through that and you try to find the issues um, and call them out to the person that's scoring you. And then the third part is the driving competition is basically like an obstacle course. A lot of things are what we would do on a daily basis in the industry anyways, simulated in a parking lot. And then some things are a little bit off what you might be used to, to, to kind of, you know, might be a little bit trickier than what you would do every day or something that's not quite, because everybody does different things. You know, some people are backing into docks every day. Some people are backing into gas stations every day. Mm -hmm. um, so they try to, to get a little bit of everything on that course. And it's, uh, it's a really fun event. I would highly encourage anybody to, to go just for the experience because like when I went, I, I, I try to explain this. Like I didn't go in there thinking I was going to win. I really did not see that coming in any way, shape or form. I <laughs> went because I thought it was going to be a really cool experience. And I figured I, you know, would give it my best and I'd probably come out somewhere in the middle and it would be a good thing to experience. Um, and actually walking away with the trophy that day, was just so mind blowing to me. You must've been so excited. So then the event that you did, uh, or the, they call it the tanker class, is that, is that, how does it work with the events? Are there different events? Okay, yes. Yeah. So um, I don't know if it differs in other states. I think it's pretty much nine divisions or classes, whichever you want to call them. I think it's the same in every state, assuming they have people sign up for all of them. So there's nine classes, um, everything from, they had the step van competition, which is basically like, kind of like a UPS or FedEx delivery vehicle. Mm -hmm. that size. And then they had straight truck, which is like your box truck size. And then they have different size tractor trailers. They have three axle, four axle, five axle, which is just different length of trucks and trailers. And then tanker was the one I was in. And then they also had flatbed. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how many I've listed off yet. I might've missed a couple there, but they have nine total anyway. So it's all different variety of trucks. And um, so you sign up for whatever one you want to compete in. And I was in tanker because I was driving hazmat at the time. So 
And so when you won that championship, is that, or that, that event, is that part of the national truck driving championship then? Yes. So what happens is with those nine classes, there's a first place winner in every class. Mm-hmm. So all nine of those winners go out to the national event. And so you have one person in every class from every state that competed all competing against each other at nationals. So there was, I think, 46 people total mm-hmm. in the competition against me at nationals in the tanker division. Really? So I was only up against, I think there was 12 of us in the tanker division in Maine. And I went from that to 46 people or 48, one or the other in the tanker division at nationals. It was really intense. Were you the only woman? Um, there was one other woman in the tanker division, actually. Um, yeah, she worked for XPO. Um, I can't trying to remember what state I, where, was I, the, where did they have it where was the competition um it changes every year but this past year they had it at indianapolis um like convention center mm-hmm. oh in indianapolis okay yeah yeah so was that it, was really can cool. you describe the scene was it just like a a huge event with lots of people the nationals a- oh my gosh it's such a massive event and they do the driving competition indoors oh which my is, gosh yeah it's absolutely wild because you're inside on a floor and it's kind of shiny and all of your like obstacles are tape on the floor. So it is a whole other realm compared to the parking lot competition that we did yeah. in Maine on a cloudy overcast day where like it was really, really good visibility and everything was like coned out, you know? And then I went to nationals and it's like, you have little pieces of tape on the, <laughs> on the shiny inside floor and there's 400 people in, in the seats watching you. And it's like whole other world. A little bit nerve-wracking, almost as nerve-wracking as the snowplow situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Surprisingly, it got to my anxiety more than I think snowplowing did, just having like so many people, you know. And I did also have that same feeling of having a spotlight on me because being the youngest woman to ever compete nationally was getting me a lot of attention that was yeah. making me more nervous to be in front of everybody, you know. Yeah, that's a good and a bad thing, I guess, right? Yeah, I would say so because the two parts of the competition that I did behind closed doors, so to speak, the, um, the written test and the, the pre-trip inspection. I both, both of those I did amazing on. And then when I get out on the course, I totally tanked it. And I think it was just that I let that anxiety get to me so much because as soon as I rounded the corner, there's just this whole crowd and there's all these cameras. And I just, I, I had, it just ruined my like head. Like I just yeah. lost it a little bit, you know? I mean, it's great that you had that spotlight on you though, because just think how many young women saw that girls saw that, that were so inspired, not even probably knowing that they had that option, you know, yeah. as a career. So do, have you ever had young women reaching out to you to, to ask you about it? I do you- have it on occasion and I'm trying to kind of grow that side of my social media more and more. You know, I just recently, like two weeks ago had, um, a relatively new female driver reach out to me just because she's looking for more networking with other female drivers, you know, mm-hmm. and she was kind of messaging back and forth with me on Instagram about some of the struggles that she's going through and which we could both kind of relate to. And I'd be like, Hey, yeah, I totally get that. You know, this is what I've done to try and make this easier or whatever to, to try and be encouraging and helpful and say, Hey, you know, we're all in this together. Like it's, you know, yeah. try to get that camaraderie, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, let's talk about your social media pages. Tell us yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah, tell um, us go ahead. What's it? So it's it's the daily with Haley. Is that the same on all the channels? Yes, I have a YouTube channel, I have a TikTok, and I have an Instagram, and it's all the daily with Haley. Um, and I started. Let's see, I started my YouTube. I think back in 2020, um, and that's where I kind of started out. But it's doing long form videos like that, I have found to be so much harder for mm-hmm. the amount of process that it takes to get a YouTube video up was like 
so much effort that it was really hard for me to keep up with it when I was working a lot of hours. So I had that and I had my Instagram page that was super small at the time. And I started my TikTok. I can't remember when in 2020, I think it was sometime that year though. And I was really unfamiliar with the platform when I get on there. It was very confusing at first, but I did find that to be the easiest to post on regularly because it's so mm-hmm. easy to just pull your phone out, record for 30 seconds, post it and go back to work or whatever you're, you're working on that day. Um, and I found that that's the easiest way for me to get myself out there. And it's a way mm-hmm. that makes it easier for other people to find me. And that's been the, the platform that has just grown a lot in the last um, two years. I'm up, I'm almost up to 50,000. And I'm like, that feels insane to me. I know that's really like a small following a lot of people's no, eyes. That's, that's amazing. I'm just so excited to be able to get out there and share at all, you know? Yeah, and well, so let's talk about that. Why is it so important to you to share about the trucking industry? Is it, do you feel like it is a good career for women? Um, I think that it has a lot more potential than most women realize. Um, and that's, that's something that I love to share about because a lot of women think of the trucking industry and they think long haul trucking over the road, gone for a week or two weeks or three weeks and whatever. And, um, not many women realize that the, all the different aspects of the industry, like how broad of an industry it really is and how much opportunity there is there, you know, and I've all pretty much my entire career chosen to work local where I'm home every night. Um, I just recently have been working um, kind of a mix between local and regional where I've been gone for just a couple of days and then home. And I've, I'm still a local girl through and through. Like I like to sleep in my own bed every night, which is why mm-hmm. I've, I'm working with Chris Way now to be local again and be home every night um, because that's really what worked best for my life. But a lot of women don't even realize the amount of different possibilities there are in the industry, which is what I love to kind of share about. Yeah, that's it's good for people to know the options exist. I've had so many people tell me that the reason that because I you know I interview all women in male populated industries, so but so many people have told me that they never thought of the career until they saw a woman doing it, and that was like a a light bulb moment when they were younger. Oh, yeah. here's this career option. I never, I didn't think of it as something for me. Yeah, and my my story of getting into the career is kind of funny that way because. Pretty much my entire childhood, teenage years, if somebody asked me what I wanted to do, like I had no idea. I had mm-hmm. nothing to give them. And when That's I signed the first up, first question for a kid. <laughs> oh, I I never liked it because I'm like I don't know. You know, I was a hopeless romantic as a kid. I'm like I want to have a family and just be in love. And that you know, I'm like, I don't, don't want to work. You know, um, <laughs> but. Um, as I got older and into high school years, I was looking at the technical center local to us because I knew that that was a good opportunity I wanted to take advantage of. And I signed up for their criminal justice class because I was really interested in that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I signed up for the, the CDL program because I have family members with CDLs. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that they were useful. And in my head, I was like, I have no idea what I want to do with my life, but if I get this license and I have it, then I will always have it. And I will always have a job opportunity no matter what I end up doing. And mm-hmm that's the mindset that I went into that class with. And by the time I had been in the seat of that truck driving a handful of times, there was no more question. It was like, oh wait, no, I actually love this. This is exactly what I want to do. This isn't the backup plan. This is the plan. Um, But up until that point, like I just, I never knew what I wanted. And so I kind of went into the technical center just wanting to experiment with different possibilities because I had that opportunity, you know? Mm -hmm. So what would you say has been the biggest help to you? Or, or who, who or what has been the biggest help to you in moving forward in your career? 
Oh, that's a hard question. I don't know if there's one thing I could pinpoint to. Um, have you had people to look up to? Have you had any, any women to look up to at all? I would say the majority of the women, women I've interacted with in the industry have been in the last year. Honestly, um, like I was one of so few in the area here that like, I never saw women, like there's a couple other ones that I will pass on the road in certain areas. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, that's a girl. <laughs> and I get all excited and wave like crazy, you know? Um, but there hasn't been a whole lot of wom- like women influencing me, which is part of why I want to put myself out there because I wish there was more of that. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a huge, like, driving force behind my social media. Um, but in the last year, honestly, this is some, this is why I think the competitions are such a cool opportunity for anybody, anywhere, no matter how good you end up doing, going and being a part of it is life altering as a truck driver. I, that sounds like dramatic, but actually being a part of that experience, even in just the main state competition was so, so cool because I met so many people in the industry. There was only one other woman that competed in Maine this year, but like, it was really cool for us to interact with each other. We both happened to be competing in the tanker division. So we were around oh, each wow. other today. It was really cool. Um, but the amount of support and encouragement that you'll find, and I don't know how that is in other states because maybe it varies, but like the mainstay competition, all the older drivers were like so willing to be helpful and encouraging and teach you some of their techniques, you know, mm-hmm. and it has grown into this community of people that I would not have met otherwise. What would be your message to girls or women who are curious about the industry, but they're just, they're really hesitating. They're not sure. Um, if you have any possible way to, to experience it for a day, do it hundred percent. Um, because you know, that was a huge part of why I knew what I knew in high school was because I had so many fan- I had uh, several family members with CDLs, So I knew enough about it to know that it was a good opportunity at the very least. And for anybody male or female, if you are in a state where you have the opportunity to get a CDL at a young age, like these free technical centers and vocational schools, I would hundred percent say it's never going to be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Go and learn about the equipment, you know, try to uh, see if you can get your license inside of a year like I did. And, and if, if you can, even if you don't end up walking away with a license or deciding you never want to use it, like it's, it's going to teach you so much. Um, as far as women in particular, though, that's a hard, that's like a hard question to answer, I guess. Um, don't ever think you can't do it because I'll tell you one thing. When I started in the hazmat field and I was hauling fuel, I was so overwhelmed by how manual of a job fuel delivery is. And a lot of people may not know this, but you are dealing with um, my truck in particular, I had 20 foot hoses that would have enough diesel running through one at a time would be weigh, would weigh more than I do. You know, the gasoline was like right around my weight and a full hose of diesel was more than I weigh. And when I was in training, I can tell you, I went home every night feeling like there's no way I'm going to survive this. Every muscle in my body hurts. Like it took me a couple of weeks before my body adjusted to that because like I could do it, but I felt like I could barely do it. And I would be like, walking those hoses out and rolling them all up and putting them on the truck was like really, really difficult for a short time. And then it was like, all of a sudden I woke up one day and it was nothing. Yeah. You know, you just had to train your body into it and you just adapt to it and it becomes second nature. And it's the point where you're just doing it without even thinking. Physical conditioning and mental conditioning. Yeah. Both are very important. And, um, the where like, 
the ability to stick with it because mm -hmm. it's going to be hard for a short time, but it's going to be worth it. Well, Haley Fickett, professional truck driver and the youngest woman ever to compete in the National Truck Driving Championship, as well as the first woman to win an event in the main truck driving championship. Thank you so much for joining us on the Hazard Girls podcast. I'm really excited that we met on Instagram and we got to connect like this and I hope we can work together more in the future. Thank you so much for having me. This was so awesome. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>